Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to be with you. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. We do this show each weekday live in the 11 o'clock hour. And so glad to be with you. This is two days in a row, a big success after the move of the studio and some technical problems. So still working out the phone line, but we've got a show. We're live, we're local, we're talking IU basketball. I guess we got to talk a little IU football today, even though it's a bye week for the Hoosiers, which probably couldn't come at a better time after the beatdown they experienced Saturday on the road at Maryland. And, of course, then on Sunday, we find out Coach Allen has fired Walt Bell, the offensive coordinator, Rod Carey, taking over, moving in from another assistant coaching position to that key spot of offensive coordinator. So lots going on with IU football. It's not necessarily good stuff. And then, of course, plenty going on with IU basketball. I saw that the coaches are going to be on the road today. Uh, They're going to go deep for Liam McNeely and Derek Queen. They'll be down at Montverde Academy in Florida for I think it's just a practice or an open gym type situation today but everybody I talk to everywhere I go I was out last night a couple people Matt Matt what's the scoop on Liam McNeely is Indiana going to get somebody big time in this 2024 class and do you think they could get both of the Montverde guys I really don't know but it does seem like McNeely is trending toward Indiana there's a lot of people that I talk to both on and off this show that think Liam McNeely is going to commit to Indiana at some point in the near future. But it's IU and Kansas, the Jayhawks, a solid program, national championship contenders basically every year it seems. Bill Self has done amazing things with that program, and they've been a real nemesis to Indiana in recruiting, even under Coach Woodson in recent years. They have stolen away some guys, as you would expect, a perennial power to do that Indiana had hopes to get or had really worked hard in the recruiting process to stay up with. So Leah McNeely, the next big test, and we'll see uh, how things play out. I did see that Cooper Flagg, and we'll get into some other stuff here in a moment, but Cooper Flagg's like the number one player in the class that recently reclassified. He eliminated uh, Kansas from the recruiting list of his recently. Now he uh, maybe is a little bit of similarity when player in style to McNeely, but different player for sure. So I know some people said, wait, wait a minute. What does this mean if he eliminates Kansas? Could this affect the whole McNeely to Indiana thing? I don't think it has a big connection. But he is a teammate and a friend of McNeely, and if he's not going to Kansas, uh, you know, maybe that boosts his chances to uh, come to Indiana. So we'll see. But uh, there's a lot of interest right now, and I think it'll stay that way through the month of October, especially on recruiting 
to see if Indiana can pull in one, two, maybe even three big names in the class of 2024. Uh, another question I've had recently, you know, biggest names in recruiting for Indiana right now in the 2024 class. I'll tell you that obviously uh, McNeely is number one because it does seem like he's on the verge of a commitment. Number two, Boogie Fland. IU seems to be surging with him. I don't know that. I just have that feel based on what I read and the attention that they've given Boogie and some of the interest he seems to return to Indiana. So some really key names out there. Derek Queen would be after that, but I don't really have any feel at all, and I don't think most people I talk to that have interviewed him and communicate with him have a feel either on really legitimately where Indiana's chances are at. But So there, there you go. That's my two cents on recruiting to start the show today. Let's look at the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Unfortunately, with our phone line down, it's basically going to be Justin Kalen and I in segments two and three, which is fine. Uh, Justin and I, I thought, did a good job talking through some of the IU football struggles yesterday. We had some outstanding texts from you, the listener, so we'd love to get more on IU football and IU basketball and even some local stuff today that we'll chat about. We'll go through the text line here in just a moment, but that was tremendous yesterday, so I appreciate Justin, who always produces this show, stepping up to come on air and help me. He's a IU fan, so he keeps up with everything regardless, but appreciate his help uh, getting through these uh, last couple shows without any guests. So he'll join me again today, and there's plenty to talk about, even though IU football is off for the week. It's been a program that has produced some negative headlines recently. We'll continue to chat about that stuff. We'll get more into IU basketball recruiting. And Hoosier Hysteria is almost here, so we'll talk about that with Justin as well. Later on, some high school stuff. Fall postseason underway. It's exciting. Tennis, soccer, other sports, football. We'll know the pairings coming out on Sunday. Big storyline locally. Justin and I spoke about it yesterday. Providence trying to finish the regular season undefeated. We'll see what kind of postseason the Pioneers could have. So we'll talk through some of the high school football and high school stuff later today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. How about trying out Honey Baked Ham today for a delicious lunch? They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they'll surely satisfy any craving you may have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. All right, let's get into our show and first remind you the Thornton's text line is open. That number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And I got a couple texts here. Uh, We'll get to those in just a moment. Uh, But send them in. IU football, IU basketball, whatever it may be, you can get it to us here today on this Wednesday edition of the program 502-414-1450. And the Thornton's text line, uh, it's uh, always brought to you by Thornton's. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Let's get into some of the headlines of the day, our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day to stop IU and Southern Indiana Sports News. According to our friend Jeff Rabjohns of Pigs.com, Mike Woodson and the entire coaching staff that are allowed to be on the road per NCAA rules will hit the road today and see some big-time recruiting targets. Woodson, 
Hunter, Roseman, and Walsh all expected to be on the road. They'll be at Archbishop Stepanak in New York. I think they're there now to see five-star point guard Boogie Fland, who we just spoke about. And then later this afternoon, McNeely and Queen. And, of course, don't forget Curtis Givens III. He was on IU's campus, what, three or four weeks ago with Queen and McNeely. They're going to check all three of those guys out down at Montverde in Florida today. So a busy day. And I tell you what, when you send the entire staff that's just a clear signal to Boogie, his high school coach, his parents, his family, anybody that he's going to listen to in that recruiting process. Same for McNeely and Queen and Givens. If Indiana's there all out, the entire staff courtside to see a simple preseason practice or an open gym that's basically scrimmages, they're letting you know that they really want you to be part of their program. And we've seen Mike Woodson in Indiana do this a number of times in his time at Indiana. It's a trick that's been done over the years. Send the entire staff to some random AAU game in the summer. Put them all courtside in their IU garb. Let the prospect and his family know how much they're wanted. This is just another sign from Coach Woodson and the staff that they really want these guys. And I tell you what, I don't think Mike Woodson, who's not the busiest of recruiters. I mean, he picks his battles for sure as far as what he gets out and sees in person. But it's a sign to me that the IU staff fully believes that they have a legitimate chance to land Boogie Flan, Leah McNeely, and perhaps even Derek Queen as well. If they're dedicating an entire day away from Bloomington, away from their current team and some of the preseason activities that they can do with them right now, it tells you that they really are targeting in and believe they have a chance to get these guys. So a busy day. Fland is down to Indiana, Kentucky, and Alabama. Most people think it's Kentucky, Indiana, and Alabama in that order. Uh, McNeely is down to Indiana and Kansas, and a lot of people have thought that Neely will ultimately choose Indiana, but nothing is for sure. Derek Queen, he's still got a large list, but it seems like when he talks about schools, Indiana, Houston, and Maryland – are the three that come to the top of the mind when you think about Derek Queen. So going to be interesting. Indiana, you can make a case for all three of those guys. I don't know near as much about Givens and his recruitment and where things stand, but again, he was part of that group from Montverde that was at Indiana a few weeks ago back for one of the early football games. And I don't know how we didn't cover this first, Justin. You should have come on and scolded me. But the biggest headline of all is that the Indiana and Kentucky basketball series is finalized. It's going to be a four-game series. It's going to return during the 25-26 college basketball season. This was first reported yesterday by John Rothstein of CBS Sports. Kentucky is going to host the first game at Rupp Arena in the 25-26 season. The second game in 26-27 will be played at a neutral site, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Game three of the series Back at Rupp Arena in Lexington, that would be the 27-28 season. And how about this? I'd love to go ahead and get in line and get a ticket if possible. 28-29, that's a long time from now. But at Simon Scott Assembly Hall in Bloomington, Indiana and Kentucky are scheduled to play. Can you imagine what it's going to be like to try to get a ticket to one of these games? Lucas Oil won't be as bad. Rupp Arena, that first one will be really, really tough. But that one game of the four at Assembly Hall going to be really, really tough for Indiana fans to get in. I did see some people say, you know, what's the deal here? Two games at Rupp Arena. 
one at Lucas Oil, only one at Assembly Hall. How is this fair? How does this make sense? Scott Dolson, IUAD, and Rick Bozich, I saw tweeted yesterday that Dolson told him, while it's not at Assembly Hall, both games at least, the game at Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, Indiana will control the majority, of the great majority of the tickets for that game. So it won't be Assembly Hall. It's much bigger, different uh, setup for sure than uh, Assembly Hall or Rupp Arena for that matter, but it does sound like Indiana will control the narrative there as far as putting fans in the stands. So honestly, I get the concern that there's only one game at Assembly Hall and two at Rupp Arena, but I'm just glad the game is back. It's a series that... College basketball needs, Kentuckiana needs, this radio show needs, everybody that does what we do needs. And most importantly, the fans need and deserve this. And again, a lot of credit to Mike Woodson and even Coach Cal because Cal was against this. It was pretty widely known, but he and Woodson have a great relationship. It sounds like the conversation started at the request of Coach Woodson. They worked it out. They worked through the details. There was some give and take. And, of course, you do have to wonder, 28-29, will Cal still be the coach at Kentucky uh, knowing he's going to take his team into Assembly Hall, something he said he would never do again? In fact, we had a text on the text line that said something very similar. What are the odds that Kentucky's Hall of Fame coach, John Calipari, will ever step foot into Assembly Hall again? I don't know this for sure, but if I'm betting, I say 28-29, that college basketball season when Kentucky returns to Assembly Hall. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't think John Calipari will be Kentucky's coach. I don't know if he'll be coaching somewhere else or in the NBA, but I just think that unless Kentucky makes some serious runs and gets back into the Final Four and becomes a national championship winner again, we could see Cal step away from it or take another challenge or do some broadcasting or do something else in basketball. And again, just thoughts here, random thoughts, but I don't think he'll be the coach, my personal opinion, when Kentucky returns to Assembly Hall. But that by far is the biggest news of the day. Really, it came out yesterday, and so we will talk more about that coming up as well. Coach Woodson said in the release that came out, quote, this is a great day for our program and our fans Indiana at Kentucky is one of the best rivalries in college basketball with so many great games over the years. We worked hard to get this done, and I could not be happier to be playing Kentucky once again. Indiana and Kentucky, they last played March 19th of 2016, and it was a 73-67 score in the NCAA tournament. So there you go. The uh, last time Indiana and the Kentucky Wildcats played regular season December 10th, 2011. Um, IU 73-72 winners on the big last-second three-pointer, the Watt shot from Chris, from Christian Watford. So uh, taking you back in history there for just a moment. Also, kudos to IU and their media, their social media people. When this announcement was put out yesterday on social media where it was out first, uh, unbelievable content, some great videos. If you haven't seen it, Bob Knight, Rick Patino, some of the great IU players over the years, and Kentucky players as well. Great shots of the, the arena, the fans, just kind of giving you a quick history lesson for these youngsters that don't know and remember how much Indiana and Kentucky uh, meant as a regular season game. Some of the old television shots and the graphics, 
in this video that may work you through to more recent years while flashing through all the coaches and just brings a lot of great memories from that series, a lot of great rivalry games that were so meaningful to uh, especially our area where we're at, right here in the, the heart of Kentuckiana. So awesome to see this thing back. Wish it began this season, obviously, but we've got a little ways to wait until we get Indiana and Kentucky again. A couple other headlines to mention today. Few people have asked about the men's basketball posters. I guess the uh, the head posters, you'd call them, uh, with the Hoosier players and coaches on there for the 23-24 season. They are currently available to buy in person at a number of places in Bloomington. I understand they will be available for sale at Hoosier Hysteria coming up on October 20th, and they will be available online soon at shop iuhoosiers.com again shop.iuhoosiers.com I know a lot of people that collect these things display them in their garage on the fridge wherever you keep them and people always as we get into October want to know when are those things going to be available but uh, that's the deal you can get them in Bloomington now at Hoosier Hysteria coming up later this month October 20th or on the iuhoosiers.com website in the shop a couple headlines to pass along Providence, a winner, winner last night, two to one, in soccer over Scottsburg. Uh, and that was a two A Scottsburg sectional first round match. The Pioneers, the boys, they're ranked fifth in the state. They will play Charlestown at 7:30 tonight in a semifinal game. Charlestown, a winner Tuesday over Salem, one nothing. Silver Creek will take on North Harrison in the first semifinal. So we'll see if Providence, who is the favorite there can come through against a decent, solid Charlestown team today and then take on the winner of Silver Creek and North Harrison in the sectional championship later in the week. Of course, uh, Providence, uh, a favorite locally to uh, boys and girls to make some noise in the soccer postseason tournament. A couple other quick notes before we get to break. I saw LeBron James has said that his son, Bronny, has began the rehab process, hopes to play for USC this season. After, of course, a very scary moment when he suffered cardiac arrest during a preseason practice back near the end of July. A lot of people wondered, hopefully, number one, he recovers, and he has, it appears. Would he play this season? Would he play college basketball again? Those are the general questions you ask after some sort of near tragic situation. But it does sound like Bronny is returning to health slowly and uh, hopes to play this season for USC. So that is great for him. And, of course, I don't think we'll see Bronny in the Big Ten. I think he'll be there one year and head to the NBA. But USC will be a Big Ten team in the very near future. That's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. Uh, Texter says on the Thornton's text line, if you said this, I apologize. The whole staff is going to see Boogie Flan today first then going to Montverde for McNeely and Queen and Gibbons. Yes, we covered that in the headlines, but definitely an important subject uh, for IU fans. I know everybody wanting to know what the situation is uh, for the uh, for, for this recruitment of McNeely especially. So don't know that we'll know anything more tomorrow. Coaches really obviously can't say anything. McNeely isn't going to comment on their attendance, but we'll see how things play out. And uh, we'll see if, uh, if and when McNeely is ready 
uh, to make a commitment. Will he be an Indiana Hoosier? That's our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Another texter, this is to you, Justin, says the volume is way low. So thanks for the technical report. We'll look into that over the commercial break, but hopefully we've got that adjusted for you. And stay with us. Justin will join me in the next segment. We'll talk IU basketball and football. Local sports discussion still ahead as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Wednesday edition of the show. Justin Kalen, producer, going to join me. We're still having some tech problems and can't get the phone line to work correctly. So uh, Justin and I doing our best to give you some good content, talk about IU football, talk about IU basketball, and uh, keep you up to date with local sports as well. The Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502 502- 414-1450. If you've got a question or comment uh, on anything with IU or local sports, let me know, and uh, we'll get it on the air today. Uh, Justin, IU-Kentucky, boy, the feels, the memories. I mentioned the social media team at Indiana putting a great little video together, an archive of some of the past players and coaches and moments from the Indiana-Kentucky series. And I think we're fairly close in age, but my goodness, it sends me back to my childhood and some wonderful moments of IU basketball and Kentucky basketball going against each other, and just how meaningful of a game it is between the two states and the two fan bases. Yeah, it's it, it for me as well, Matt. It brought back a lot of really good memories. I I was at a lot of those games, whether they were at the was the RCA Dome or Freedom Hall. I got to go to a lot of those as a kid, and I remember the. 50-50 split, you got the blue, you got the red, and it's it just was a whole lot of fun. I was so happy yesterday when I heard the news that this series is coming back. And a lot of IU fans, you know, you brought it up in that first segment, they but they were upset that Indiana didn't get two games at home. I don't really care. They can play four games out in Las Vegas for all I care. I just want this game to happen. So the fact that it is finally back, man, couldn't, couldn't be happier here on my side of things. You know, I, I – basically agree with you i think college basketball is best when it's home and away when Mm -hmm. it's in some of these great arenas and i know that rupp has had some upgrades assembly hall has had some upgrades but they're still old school college basketball venues and i've been to some games at rupp arena i've been to obviously a lot of games at assembly hall as well over the years just the crowd the students everything about it is classic and still has an old school feel to it I'm sure some people don't like that, but I think that's part of the tradition of IU basketball and part of the tradition of UK basketball as well in many regards. But I'm like you. I I think, number one, they need to play. I don't care if it's in Las Vegas, at Lucas Oil, um, in a New York City in some Empire Classic type event. 
I think that they need to play. The, the second thing I'll say is, yes, I would prefer it be at each school, at each historic arena, gymnasium, but it's a new world out there, and Coach Cal has had an issue with that. That's his take on it. Um, the bottom line is they're playing. So would I like to see two games at Assembly Hall and two games at Rupp? Absolutely, but this by far is a great compromise, and I think most fans are pleased but I have heard from some that are still not happy. Yeah, and, and that makes sense. I mean, it's it is unfortunate when you look at the situation as a whole how the one bad experience left a sour taste in Cal's mouth. And and I brought it up this morning on Kentucky Roll Call. But if you've been going to the same restaurant your whole life and you love that restaurant, you go and you have one bad experience. That's like saying, "Oh, I'm never going to go back." What? You've been eating there once a week for your whole entire life, and you've loved it. You had one bad experience, and now all of a sudden you don't want to go back. So that part of it is unfortunate, but ultimately at the end of the day, Indiana and Kentucky are going to play again, and that's all that really matters to me. Text on the Thornton's text line, I'm a big IU fan, and the IU-UK game was always a huge game, but my opinion on it is when Cal took his ball and went home, he can just stay there. He took a marquee game away from his season ticket holders. They could have waited till Cal retired or they run him out of town. I don't know which of those will happen, if either of those will happen. But it does bring up a good point, and the first texter today mentioned this, and I've heard other people uh, talk about this since yesterday's formal announcement. Do you think Cal is the coach of the Wildcats when they come to Bloomington in that fourth game of the series. Well, you got to think about it from a year's perspective, Matt. And if Cal is there for the fourth game, the one that's going to be at Assembly Hall, he will have been at Kentucky for 20 years. And I just, I don't think, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't really see that happen. I, I could see him maybe hanging around for the first two games of this series, but that's really been a lot of a big scuttlebutt in, in Kentucky land is how much longer does Calipari have? Some people think he has fatigue. Some people think he's just trying to get through this recruiting class that he's got upcoming here this season. So, yeah, it, it's really tough to tell. I hope Cal is there. Now, the, me personally, I hope it is Calipari and Mike Woodson both still at the helms of these respected programs because I really think their relationship is probably what allowed this to get done. They they have a, an immense respect for one another. And, and Calipari, he liked Archie Miller and Tom Crean as well, but over time he kind of soured on those guys. But I do think the relationship between him and Woodson is what helped make this happen. So I would like to see Cal still there to see out this entirety of the deal. You're much more connected on Kentucky stuff. You also produced the Kentucky Roll Call. It's the program earlier in the morning here on the Big X. What would Cal potentially do if he retired from Kentucky or took another gig? Would it be another college job? Would it be NBA? Would he get into broadcasting? Would he just simply fade away from the basketball scene? Any insight or take on that? Yeah, I don't. I don't definitely don't have any insight, but I, that is something I've thought about several times over the past couple of years that I've been producing for Roll Call, but I, I, I don't see him leaving Kentucky for another job because what, I mean, what, what other job is going to be better than Kentucky that he's had for the last 15 years or whatever, you know? So I, I could see him maybe making the jump to NBA, but really I think Calipari would really shine on, on TV coverage, like in an in studio reporter. I think he would be phenomenal at that so if if i had to make a guess of the route that he would go that's that's probably the way i would lead yep 
I don't know if he'd do it, but I'm sure he would get offers, and I agree with you. I think he would be terrific. And don't forget who else I think is terrific as well. I think Tom Crean is really good in that yeah. role as a studio analyst. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's all those guys that are really knowledgeable about the game, Crean being one of those guys. I mean, look at Tom Brady. He's he's going to go to the booth. He's going to be really good just because he knows – his, it's it's all about the IQ in the sport you're covering. And Calipari, by all accounts, a very high basketball IQ, although I do know some Kentucky fans that would argue with me on that. Yep, Justin Kalen, producer of the show, joining me today. We're still having some tech problems with the phone line, but hope to get it fixed soon. Justin, uh, continuing along with basketball stuff, Mike Woodson and the staff going all out. This is a, a old trick, but uh, send all your coaches that can legally be on the road to let your top target know or one of your top targets know you really want them. So busy day for the IU coaches. They're headed to or they're in New York, I assume, at this point to see Boogie Fland. And then they will be in Florida later today at Montverde to see Liam McNeely, who I think it's safe to say is the number one target of those Montverde guys. But mm-hmm. Derek Queen is not far behind. I think McNeely, Fland and Queen, uh, obviously McNeely won. You could maybe flip-flop. You could make an argument to flip-flop the second two, but those are the top three targets in 24 right now, and Indiana is going going all in on them. It tells me that they uh, believe there's a chance. Uh, Obviously, they're going to fight till the end to get these guys. It's clear, but I think Indiana can land all three of them. They can land one of them for sure. I'm going to say that Indiana gets two really big commitments between now and the end of the early signing period in November. I'm going oh, to wow. Limb there. Out of those three? I'm going to say so. Okay. I don't know why. I'll say McNeely would be my only for sure pick, yeah. but I just have this feeling, and I've had it for a while, and you hear things from coaches and the travel circuit and all that. I think things are going really good for Mike Woods, and it had been really since he got to Indiana from a recruiting standpoint. He's connected. He's got the right personality. He's got the right lingo. Uh, swagger, maybe, is a good word to use with Mike Woodson. That I think he is backed up, and really the recruiting efforts are led by a really strong coaching staff. Kenya Hunter and Yasir Roseman specifically. Those guys, Justin, are as connected as any assistant coaches that I can remember at Indiana. Yeah. They really have connections across the country. Yeah, no doubt. And it's it, that has absolutely helped Indiana with recruiting. And one thing I, I, I think other thing has helped Indiana is Woodson's – you mentioned how connected he is, but that goes up to the NBA as well. I mean, he spent years in the NBA. So when you think about Woodson and what he brings to the table – well, he knows what these guys need to do to get to the next level, and I think that's a really strong selling point for him that he's able to use out in these recruiting battles. I mean, yeah, going to visit Boogie again. Kentucky, Calipari has had four visits with Boogie Flan, four in-home visits in the past, I think, two weeks. So they're putting on the full-court press as well. It is, it's fun. It kind of feels like the old days, Indiana and Kentucky just going crazy to try to get this one player but as you mentioned there's other players on the radar as well for both schools but yeah I really think with Woodson's connections to the NBA and his his knowing of the NBA and what the guys need to do to get there I think that has absolutely helped him on the recruiting trail you know Woodson is connected in a whole other way than Roseman and and Hunter yeah I mean Woodson can go in any room in any basketball conversation at any level with any coach parent player and he can talk with legitimacy about NBA experiences, playing, coaching. Uh, he can drop names that aren't really name drops. They are legitimate people he has coached and yeah. still has relationships with. So do I think Mike Woodson could sit in his office in Bloomington and talk about 
who the coach at Jeffersonville is or the coach up north at a big high school is? Or do I think he knows all the grassroots shoe guys by name? Or I mean, probably he's getting to know some of them. But I don't think that's his strong suit like it might be someone that had spent a lot of time in the state. You know, Mike Woodson's been out and about coaching and doing all sorts of things in professional basketball. But, boy, Kenya Hunter and Yasir Roseman, those guys are plugged in. When we talk about these EYBL Nike stuff and the Adidas circuits and all who these different targets are playing for, I know some people really get into that. Some people don't really care. They just want to know if Indiana's going to get them or not and what schools these players are considering. But I think Roseman and Hunter are, I mean, are really plugged in, and that's the role of an assistant coach. But those two in so many different places from D.C. to Deep South to the Midwest, uh, just all, all across the board. Kenya Hunter's got those connections out through Nebraska and other areas because of his other coaching stops. I mean, those guys are plugged, absolutely plugged in with the recruiting scene. And the guys in this new age of recruiting with the shoe circuits meaning so much, those are the guys you need to know, and they know them. Yeah, and, and those guys are respected as well. I mean, we heard a lot of stories the past or last year really about how Roseman's like the brother to these guys. So that's that's kind of a role you need to fill. I see Kenya Hunter more as like the, the crazy uncle who's also a good time. So, yeah, all the players like those. And in regards to Mike Woodson knowing high school coaches, you brought up Jeffersonville, and I know it was just a quick pass, but I guarantee with Sherrod yeah. Wilkerson being a Jeff, Probably a bad example. Mike Woodson knows that he's the head coach at Jeffersonville, <laughs> no doubt about it. And they yeah. got, was it Trey Singleton? Is Yes. I mean, I don't know if he's getting any love for Indiana, but I'm, I'm sure that that Mike Woodson's aware of him, and he's definitely aware of Sharon Wilkerson coaching at Jeff. Yeah, probably a bad example. <laughs> had to, had to call you out on that one. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Justin. See, this airtime, you can start to correct my mishaps. So thank you. Uh, Who's your hysteria coming up October 20th? And, you know, it's kind of different when I talk with you. You're a radio guy, but you're also a fan. Um, so you can say things and comment on things maybe differently than some of our great media members that typically join us each day on the show. You know, who's your hysteria when I was a kid, even up to maybe eh, seven, eight, ten years ago, it was still really good because the excitement was there. So you got that feel when you got to Assembly Hall. You probably hadn't been there for a year. You got to see the, the players come out. You get to see the recruits there if you're into that sort of thing as well. The kids get autographs. There's all sorts of kind of hands-on opportunities, which are great. But the scrimmage was the big deal, even though they probably weren't going that hard. They probably had been instructed to do certain things, and it was a lot of fanfare. They still scrimmaged. There was a score score kept. There was three-pointers made, dunks, uh, just stuff that you really like to see, especially, especially as a young fan. Who's your hysteria now? I know you get much more of a produced event as far as production with lights and video, and they put the flames on the floor and all the neat things that you can do nowadays in an arena with fireworks and different things, but it, it's just not the same. It's it's not necessarily the kickoff for me of college basketball like it used to be. I, I'm curious if you have that same feel and same agreement about that. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely do. And for me, it started when they went away from the whole midnight thing. When, back when it was at midnight, that was awesome. I mean, that's, I think they should continue to do that. I don't know why they ever went away from it. But, yeah, I don't really get into Hoosier Hysteria anymore. And I, I'll tell you why. Because back in the day, back in my day, 
it was it was more about your first look at the team, learning the players, learning how they're going to all gel and play together, and that's what the scrimmage provided. And and you're absolutely right. Now it's it's almost too overproduced at this point with the light shows. They're bringing in rappers every year. You've got the three point contest. I, I believe they've done a dunk contest in the past. So yeah, it's more now for entertainment value. Whereas in the past, it was like your first look at the team. Here's the guys on the floor. Here's how they're going to work together. Just sit back and watch and, and enjoy the evening. But, yeah, and if, you, if you're not wanting to go to a circus show, then, yeah, you're, you're not going to be interested in Hoosier Hysteria. Now, I, I do picture myself as, like, somebody with kids and a family. That would be a good time to bring them up there. They're going to have a good time for a few hours and really enjoy the, the sights and the scenes and sounds of Assembly Hall. But, yeah, for me, it just it doesn't do it anymore. And, and they have done – like a shortened scrimmage in years past, but yeah, we don't get the full length scrimmage anymore that we used to get back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. And a quick Hoosier hysteria, I guess, recent memory. The last one I was at, and you might know this, Justin, but it was, I think the first time, I don't think it was his senior year, but it was maybe the first time Romeo Langford went. And maybe I'm off here. Maybe it was the second time. I really don't remember if he went two, three, four times or not, to be honest with you. But that's the last time I went. I went up with Jim Shannon, the new Albany coach, and a few other coaches maybe. I can't remember who. We may have even taken some of the players in addition to Romeo, who I think was with his family. But I wanted to go just to see it, and it was amazing to me that this event I had went to a lot as a kid where you always, hey, where's the recruit at or where's this guy at? Or I was always into that stuff. It was amazing for me to see Romeo Langford walk down the sideline or the baseline, whatever it was, as he came out of the tunnel and realize that, oh, my gosh, a kid from New Albany, southern Indiana, that we think has a chance and have thought for years has a chance to be really good, he's on the scene. Indiana wants him, Kentucky at that time, you know, involved, lots of big schools. Uh, but when he came out and the crowd went berserk, uh, maybe even louder for Romeo's appearance than they were for anything that happened on the court that night and the chance of Romeo. Uh, that was kind of amazing to me. I won't forget that. And that was at Hoosier Hysteria. And I think that's the last time that I went. So a little personal story there, but uh, that was uh, kind of, uh, I guess not a surreal moment, but a moment that let you or let me know a guy that had known Romeo since he was in, fourth or fifth grade I guess that uh, he was here he was on the scene and he was no longer just kind of a local legend that okay he's going to be really good he he had arrived at a big level of basketball yeah and that's one of the things about Hoosier Hysteria that I, I think they've gotten away from as well is it used to be a massive recruiting time like they they'd bring in several guys to take in the event and now it's just it doesn't seem like they get that anymore and and Romeo may have been the very last case of that or I could be completely off base here but yeah I, I just remember in in years past you it was used as a big recruiting weekend you'd get several guys there to check out the event but that I, I just don't feel like that's been happening lately I agree I think I'd have to go back to look and see or remember but as far as official visits and the real big-name guys, you may not get as many, if any, there for Hoosier Hysteria. But I do think that Indiana has used that event to cast a wide net, especially with younger players in the mm-hmm. state uh, that are local within driving distance that they can bring in for this big production. And keep in mind, as goofy as you and I at middle-aged guys and people that are older than us think the rappers and stuff are silly, um, those recruits and some of those college students they're trying to get out for that 
party type atmosphere, they they really like that kind of stuff. Yeah, no doubt, and I, I can't blame them for that. If that's what you're into, then yeah, that's if that's what's going to draw all the recruits in and make Indiana seem like a, a one of the coolest places to be, then yeah, I'm all for it because we've got to sell up the university and the basketball program as a whole as being this cool thing again. Everybody should want to be a part of it because that's really kind of what we've lost over the past however many years is it Indiana just doesn't seem like the cool destination anymore and I do think Mike Woodson is turning around and making it a cool spot to be again and, and certainly for the younger players bringing in the rappers like they have is is helping no doubt all right Justin Kalen with me no phone guest today still trying to get the phone situation worked out so we're on it trying to figure it out hope that that returns to normal maybe by next week but uh, appreciate Justin stepping in Justin, if you're good with it, let's uh, fire off a commercial break. We'll come back. Let's do it. I've got a couple IU football things I want to bring up, and then we'll get into uh, some local stuff, talk a high school football preview of Friday night. Pairings come out from Indianapolis soon, and uh, we're winding down the football season here in southern Indiana. So let's cover all of that in the next segment. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill me to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back with you here on this Wednesday edition of the show. Again, my thanks to Justin Kalen, who has helped me the last couple days. We've had no phone guests because we're still getting the new studio set up and ready to go. But uh, thanks to Justin, we've been able, I hope, to have some decent conversation. And we always welcome your text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502 502- 414-1450. Wanted to mention this, a couple things that I was involved with or have been involved with the last few days. On Saturday, excuse me, Sunday, Tucker Biven had an, an outstanding camp. Uh, about 50 kids locally in attendance. Tucker led the camp. Of course, Tucker, a New Albany graduate, University of Louisville pitcher, who I think set up for a really good year, too for Coach McDonald and Louisville baseball, but he led a camp. It's an NIL opportunity. We talk a lot about NIL with IU basketball especially and how it's affected uh, the world of college sports, but here was a really super example of how NIL can work in our local communities where high school sports and things mean so much. A guy like Tucker that had a great career at New Albany, handled his business in the classroom, in the community, uh, comes back, does a camp that's affordable for kids. All the kids got a shirt. They got Tucker's autograph, a baseball card, and uh, great instruction. A lot of fun, but also a lot of learning went on at New Albany Little League uh, with kids from across the area. And Tucker gets money you know, to help him get through the school year. So outstanding situation. Look forward to seeing more of that with local athletes. It doesn't just have to be basketball. It doesn't even just have to be Division One athletes. You can do the same. There are opportunities for a lot of athletes locally, and so kind of fun. Look forward to seeing more of that come about. 
Also on Saturday had a big pickleball tournament, the Harvest Hoop, uh, the Harvest Pickleball Cup at Sam Peden Community Park. It was great to organize our first ever pickleball tournament. That was a lot of fun, a lot of success there. We'll grow that, I think, into different divisions in the future. And then uh, today and yesterday we have had the Wiley Brown Jim Shannon. Uh, fall break mini camp. These uh, guys uh, have 85, 90 kids in the gym, working them out and putting them through a lot of fun basketball stuff. Kind of neat to see the IU Southeast coach Brown and the former New Albany coach Shannon, who's now retired from coaching, uh, stay active with things and uh, need to see those two guys partner and do some good things for youth in our community. All right, Justin, we'll wrap things up with a quick comment on IU football, and then we'll hit local sports and high school football for just a moment. Uh, First off, um, with IU football, it's a bye week, and with the smackdown that Indiana faced on Saturday from Maryland, and with the coaching change, with the uh, Walt Bell, the offensive coordinator, being let go, probably a good time for a bye week, for an off week, for Indiana to reset things. Yeah, no doubt about that. Get get everybody rested up, somewhat healthy, and then, of course, that gives you two weeks to instill some new offensive plays into the into the fold. I mean, I, I imagine they probably had some plays lined up already before making this move. But, yeah, it, it is a great time for a week. And I've joked about it all week, but you can't lose when you have a bye game. So that's a, that's a great thing. But more importantly, it does give those guys time to rest up and, and see if they can't put together a game plan for when they get off the bye. Yeah, no question. Was it Rutgers, Rutgers up first, right? Yeah, After Rutgers the bye? up okay. first. I, I believe that's right, to be honest with you. I th- we talked about Rutgers yesterday being – Maybe one of the winnable games for Indiana left on the schedule, although Rutgers is off to a good start. But mm-hmm. no, it's Michigan. Oh, okay. Oh man. Yeah. So so definitely need those two coming weeks. out of the bye week. Yeah, definitely need the two weeks. Yeah, a, a bad restart coming out of the bye week. That's that's for sure. So, uh, okay, local stuff. High school football this week. We went through the schedule, and I know that later in the week we'll talk more high school football for Friday night. I still can't get over that we're approaching the end of the regular season. Wow. Uh, take me through your top couple games, Justin, on Friday night. Yeah, I I I, d- I do think that New Albany Seymour game has the potential to be a lot of fun up in Seymour. Uh, Floyd Central, of course, has a big one as they host Jennings County and Floyd Central four and zero in Hoosier Hills Conference. So that's a that's a game they've got to win if they want to try to get that Hoosier Hills Conference title. I don't anticipate them having any issues with that. As I mean, New Albany beat. Jennings County pretty handily earlier in the season, 41-20, to 20, which at the time was a surprising scoreline because Jennings County was getting a lot of love in the Hoosier Hills Conference to potentially win it this season. So I think Floyd Central will be able to take care of Jennings County on Friday. And really, I mean, the schedule for Week 8 is, is pretty rough. I mean, Providence has a walkover game. Clarksville has a really tough game against North Harrison. So there's not a whole lot to look forward to in terms of Friday night. I don't expect many great games in this area, but there are certainly opportunities for people to get out and watch high school football and have a good time doing so. All right. Justin, thank you. Can't thank you enough for being with me. And uh, we'll see if Indiana has some good news coming soon on the recruiting front as well. 
very curious to see how things play out with Liam McNeely especially. Here's the hope. That's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday show. Uh, thanks for bearing with us. Uh, we missed Dustin Dopierak today and Josh Cook because of our phone problems, but we'll do our best to get this all worked out. Regardless, we'll be on with you every day, 11 a.m., complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for today. Have a great Wednesday. Back with you Thursday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Thank you.